0: Everyone And welcome to the Phileas Club. The Phileas Club is a show where we talk about the news, but with people from different cultures and backgrounds, and so we get different views and opinions on what's happening in the news and around the world. My name is Patrick Beja, and this show is possible because you support it, and by you, I mean the people who do. But if you want to be a person who does, then you can become. It's so easy. Uh, no difficult conversion ceremony. Just go to patreon.com slash the Club and you can support the show and help it run. Without you, it does not exist. So if the show brings something to you, knowledge, entertainment, uh, openness of mind, which is why I do the show and uh, it's kind of the one lacking thing in our media world, um, then if you enjoy that part, by all means, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the Club. The link is in the show notes. And without further ado, let's jump into the show itself. Well, introductions first. As I said, my name is Patrick Beja. I am originally from France. I'm currently living in Finland with my wonderful, wonderful wife and a little child who's been driving us a little bit crazy, although he's adorable, um, and... On the show today, we have two Americans, and two Americans who are, can I say Tony and Alex, of conservative sensibilities? Is that a fair assessment? That's fair of me. Uh, all right well uh, i'll let you talk about yourselves rather than describe you uh let's start with tony who's been on the show many times but not in the past few months which i was shocked at realizing uh i, I missed you tony and i never thought i would say that of a conservative so you see ev- anything can happen um i'm kidding i have many conservative friends i can count them on the fingers of at least one hand uh how's it going tony
1: It's going very well. Thank you. And I've missed you as well. Missed doing this. And uh, and as an introduction to myself, my name is Tony. I'm from southeast Ohio. Uh, That's one of the the medium sized states in the middle of the country. And I am a banker and a dad of three and a husband of one. and uh <laughs> as patrick said i am a i'm a conservative uh conservative christian uh which puts me in a whole different level and i'm grateful and it's my pleasure to be here today
0: thank you for joining us tony uh alex well, has been on the show um before as well was it once or twice i can't remember maybe it was just more. once yep. yeah just once uh so thanks for being on again uh you are also of conservative sensibilities um although you don't really, I think Tony fits a little bit of my image of a conservative, like my reasonable image. Uh, Alex, from the the discussions we've had, you you don't really fit my cliches, but uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself so our audience knows where you're coming from.
2: Well, Patrick, I've heard no higher compliment. I aim to misbehave. Um, (laughs) My name is Alex Mitchell. Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, North Atlanta, Georgia. Um, which is a state in the southern southeastern area of the united states so you know it's a very very conservative area um i am socially more liberal than yeah most conservatives uh, as patrick mentioned but i am also fiscally very conservative um you know leaning probably more libertarian in those areas so uh that's that's me i'm a strength coach down here uh and i uh basically help people who are either undergoing cancer treatment or are just, you know, growing older and finding that they're weaker. I help them become more independent and younger.
0: Wonderful. I, I can't remember if I asked you that question, and feel free to not answer if you don't want to, but did you vote for Donald, Donald Trump or, or not?
2: Uh, I I think I mentioned, um, I, 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 re- I did write in ballots, I did not.
0: Okay, all right. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking as I'm doing this little intro that I'm kind of falling into a trap, which I don't really like, which is kind of jumping into that playful oh, I hate conservatives and I'm a Democrat and I'm, so first of all, I'm not from the US, so Democrat I don't really think even (laughs) applies to me at all even though I'm probably closer to that in um, my political sensitivities but uh, or sensibilities but I, I, as I'm talking, I'm realizing, oh, I'm, I'm making that playful distinction which is still reinforcing the uh, divide and certainly we are uh, uh, from different political sensibilities as, as I'm, we have been mentioning since the beginning but I don't know like if this show has taught me anything it's that f- most of the time when I talk to people that I don't agree with on the surface it's like when I was telling in the beginning I mean Tony we've been talking for what is it, like two years, three years? And sure, we don't know each other very well. We 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 talk about stuff every few months and we interact a little bit here and there. But really, when I first invited you on the show, it was like, oh, let's have the the you know religious conservative guy give us his view on things. Uh but now I really don't think about that. I think about, you know, the dad, the guy who works in finance and um the the Christian without any kind of political uh, affiliation attached to it and I, I don't know why just I feel the need to mention the, to mention this now because having that that uh, a jokey oh you're a conservative and I'm not I know oh, I have a conservative friend like we were joking about before the show oh I have a black friend so I'm not a racist like it feels a little bit icky even joking about it because it, it doesn't really feel true it feels more Manufactured than true? I don't know. I, I don't know if this is making any sense, but I was like saying it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I would uh, I would say that that's exactly right. All categories are manufactured, though. So you know, yeah. I mean, we've we've made up race, we made up
0: political distinction, we made up all that. I mean, okay. Now you're going to the other extreme. <laughs> I don't think I would say like you know we we made up. There are political parties, and even though they're very opposed in the u.s it still means you know it's a way of of saying what you think but it's just i guess in in maybe going into in the direction you're going into it feels like when we say these things we classify humans which is i guess what you meant i guess
2: i guess what i'm saying though is is that if if you're, you know, say you're in high school, it's super easy when you put it in these terms. You're in high school and you're a jock, right? Mm. So you play sports and you do all this stuff and you're cool and the popular girls like you and all this kind of thing. But you also play video games, right? This is circle like 1980s, 1990s. Well, mm. then you're kind of a nerd too. But we only have that dissonance because we made up those categorizations. You can be both a jock and a nerd in the same way that you can think about and that you can agree with conservatives and liberals on different platforms. Like you can take a little of both. It's not illegal.
0: It's, um, it's funny. The jocks, geeks, cheerleaders things is a cultural thing that has permeated the whole world. But I really feel that is a very American thing. Like, of course you have categories of people, you know, everywhere. And it, there were more popular and less popular people in my high school as well, but it was not divided like that. Like not at all. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, go ahead, Tony.
1: Well, I was going to couple things. First of all, the jock cheerleader thing, that's going to depend on your high school a little bit. I went to a very small high school and it just wasn't like that. It definitely wasn't like the television shows, which of course make, uh, take everything to the extreme. But secondly, got to remember, Patrick, we're the best. Of the people. There are certainly some people out there that because you're a liberal or I'm a conservative would definitely not want to sit down and have a conversation with me. So uh, uh, but maybe more people like us will become like us through this show, and that would be a good thing.
2: Mm. I I have a question for you, Tony. How how many people off the top of your head do you think you could name who are of that ilk, both uh, Democrat and conservative, who would just not sit down with another?
1: Now, keep in mind, I live in a very rural uh, part of southeast Ohio. So 90 percent of the people that I encounter on a daily basis in real life are very similar to me. Um, and, And I will also add a caveat to what I said. By appearances, that's the way it goes. At least from the w- things that some of these people say online. Now, of course, they're saying things online, which amplifies their emotions. But so I don't know very many people that wouldn't sit down at a conversation with me in real life, just because most of the people I'll, I'll always agree with me. <laughs> Not always. Sure. But sure, do, sure, do you think some of them?
0: Me. Do you think some of them would refuse to sit down and discuss with a uh, 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 Democrat a more you know, liberal person. Yes, 100%. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, not
1: 100% of the people, but 100% right, right. there were there are certain ones,
0: yes. Who would just like refuse to have a conversation. Yes. Wow, okay. Maybe we should Entera. do a special on that at some point. <laughs> it would be interesting yeah. for, for you to describe uh, those people and, and how they live or how you perceive they live. That would be an interesting one. Um, but that's not the the conversation we're going to have today. Um, as you saw on the title of the episode, this is another kind of checking in with the U.S. Uh, conservative edition because you both are conservatives. And I, I again, have a certain image of um, what is happening in the U.S. And it's not an overall flattering one, especially on the federal level. Um, this has been informed by a lot of things I've been reading online, discussions I've had with friends, and uh, it's it's kind of passed through a, a filter, but everyone's perception of reality is passed through a filter, so uh, that applies to everyone. But I think my understanding of what's happening in your country is kind of probably... Uh, shared by a lot of people outside of the U.S., and I'm guessing a, a decent number of uh, moderates on both sides of the political aisle in the U.S., within the U.S. as well. Um, and, and I'm curious, you know, I, I, I well, I'm not going to speculate on what you think, but I'll tell you how I view things now, and you'll tell me that, you know, if you have a different view on it, because I'm very curious to know, what uh, uh, the people on the right side of the uh, uh, of the political u s think of all of this um, and we had a checking in with the u.s episode a couple of months ago with Tom, my our good friend Tom Merritt, um, who is, as I joked in the episode, uh, excruciatingly neutral like he tends to be. It's like he's an extremist. Reasonable, he he puts everything uh, uh, into perspective to an to an extent that I think is extreme. As I as I mentioned, um, but that and other things have kind of informed my view on it, and of course the news that I see everywhere, uh, including U.S. sources and uh, European sources, and so to get to the crux of it, to the crux of it. Um, My understanding, if I want to summarize the entirety of the situation, is that uh, the states have been in charge of a lot of things and have mostly been doing acceptably well. But of course, uh, the, the big question is the involvement of the federal government, which has done a few things, uh, you know, uh, help packages and things to help the economy and things like that, Uh, but there has been a lack of coordination from the federal level and the impulsiveness of Donald Trump. My impression is that it's not just that it didn't help, or I guess it's another way of of saying the same thing. It's not just that it didn't help. It's that it was needed and it wasn't there. So it's not like oh well, things went okay, and uh, you know it, they could have done gone better if the federal government had uh, coordinated and helped more. It's that states have been needing to uh, work. Harder And over time, because the federal government hasn't been responding in all of the areas it should have been, and Trump, being who he is, uh, is not capable of um, correctly addressing the the very difficult situation that the US and every other country is in. Um, And I don't think it's a complete disaster, as some people, I'm sure, would put it. But it's looking like, you know, you, maybe you wouldn't grade it an F, but you, it's not just, you know, a C or a B. I think it feels like less than that. And there are some important missed opportunities um, that that should not have been missed. So, and, and the, the person of Donald Trump himself, even if you put aside his uh, antics, which are difficult to put aside in a, a time of you know this importance uh, uh and this crisis even if you put those aside he's not been doing very well uh in his charge of president of the US so this is roughly how i see it um let's let's start with tony who's maybe on the more conservative side um and there's also the the uh, um, religious factor, which I think is interesting for some reason. Um, but yeah, so Tony, how, how do you view how things are, have gone until now? We can talk about how things are today and how they're going to be, uh, you know, in the next few weeks and months. But until now, for the past few months, how do you view the situation?
1: Well,
0: Patrick, it's kind of hard to
1: respond to to your synopsis of how things have gone because you you mentioned that things there were missed opportunities things didn't go the way they should have but you didn't give specifics like what you're thinking so uh it, just in general at least in my neck of the woods it's it, i don't want to say it's been a non-issue because we're all staying home we're, we're locked down sort of has <laughs> said that in the pre show. We're we're not truly locked down, but we, we don't go out. Um but it, it hasn't we've had two cases in my county and no deaths. So uh it other than the fact that we've all changed what we've been doing, which has been a state uh, mandated item, not a federal mandated item, um we are it, it hasn't really affected megs county ohio uh, having you were said mentioning, that be- oh, go ahead before
0: the show uh, just because the listeners don't have that uh might be interested in knowing what the situation you know what kind of lockdown you're in it's you're working from home going to work a couple of days uh, uh, a couple of times a week if you need to uh, but other than that your your kids are home your wife is home and uh you don't go out much like you're when you say it hasn't affected us much it it might make it sound like you're just, you know, going out just as you were before, but that's not the case.
1: Yeah, we, we don't go out. We we don't go out to eat. Restaurants are closed. So the way it's locked down here in Ohio, restaurants are closed uh, to dine in. So you could go to a drive-through. You can go get pickup. Hmm. Um, most businesses that. Uh, provide non essential functions are shut down, retail, clothing, things like that. Some, you know, small businesses like that. Uh, our sports, uh, both of my boys play baseball, that has been shut down for the year. Um, and as far as work, I am a banker, so I'm considered uh, an essential employee. So I do work from home. I do go to my office a couple of times a week and every now and then I do have to visit a customer's location because I provide tech support for some of their products. Um, but we have been, i ha- my, what I do is I have to wear a mask when I go to the customer's location. I have to wear gloves and do and social distance, six feet from the customer whenever possible. Um, so yeah, it is, it's affected us greatly. But other than that, that's what I meant other than all that, which is hard to say because that's a, it's a gigantic effect. This has been the the craziest thing that's ever happened in my lifetime. Uh, my wife and I've talked about that. My kids will have this experience and this, it's been the biggest upheaval to our lives that we've ever had. However, the, the sickness and the death have not been in my area. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was trying to convey. Um, but as far as the federal involvement, I don't know what else they should or could have done. I know that there were some issues with tests at the very beginning, and that was a failure. They We didn't have enough tests, and that was a problem. Um, but the rules, the lockdowns, things like that have been happening at the state level, and I'm one of those Americans who thinks that's the way it should be. Because the way Ohio responds to something like this should not be the way New York responds to something like this because we have very different setups. Um, I, in fact, I, one of the things that I do criticize about the way the Ohio governor has done things is the way Meigs County, Ohio responds to this should not be the same way that Franklin County, Ohio, which is where Columbus is, uh, responds to this because it's very different. Uh, in Columbus, they probably should have lockdowns. We probably didn't even need to be locked down in Meigs County. I understand it. I'm not complaining about it too much. But to be realistic, we probably didn't need that where I am. Um, it was unnecessary. I say that I mean, as someone with no experience in these things. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, I understand. I mean, if you've had like two recorded cases, uh, the thing is, it's – you know that it might not have been necessary once you know that you've only had two recorded cases, but it's hard to know when people are traveling from all over the the state and some people will come from out of state, out of county. So initially, you you might be more prudent and say, all right, let's just lock down for a few weeks and see what happens. I think that's not an unreasonable response, right?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I never thought it was unreasonable. Uh, and, And I think uh that it was needed at the very beginning but it certainly went on longer than it probably should have at least for okay. us
0: you know it's it's really interesting because you're describing the situation uh in, in a way that is oops sorry uh in a way that is pretty similar to what's been happening here as well um in rural finland and even in you know uh, uh well maybe it was a little bit more harsh in france but uh, i think it was mostly similar so um that's that's interesting and to to get back to what you were saying about i'm not giving specific examples um i'll confess i still think there are some things that should have been coordinated on the federal level to help maybe it didn't apply necessarily to areas that are you know that were less affected like yours but it feels like um areas that needed more help could have been uh, uh you know there could have been some coordination maybe uh spreading the the cases the people uh, uh the sick people and the uh the, the the medical equipment and all of that um could have been helped on the federal level but i'll admit as well i'm not a super huge expert on this and i don't know enough of the um american situation so th- while I'm not sure I've disproven my feelings I'll admit that it is kind of at least partly feelings rather than actual knowledge you know so it's uh, yeah i i'm I'll admit that i'll I'll also say, and then I'll ask alex how how things have been going on in his uh part of the country. Um I'll also say on the test side initially it was like no one had tests and no one had masks and uh that was a contentious issue very contentious issue in France as well um but you know it's like the first time you face a difficulty you don't know how to handle it no matter how many times your teacher has told you and your you know you've read about it in books it's it's never easy the first time you do something that difficult and that different. Um, So. And if I may, the mask thing has been contentious here
1: as well, because at the beginning, because there was a shortage, Mm -hmm. we were told as general citizens, don't wear masks, don't waste masks, save those for medical personnel. But now of course we're told if you go out, you need to wear a mask. So um, I understand why they did that it was more necessary for medical personnel then and the the private businesses that have shifted their production to start making masks and other uh equipment that has been awesome and hopefully they'll make some money from that as well uh to because you know they're they're selling them cheap but they're still using their costs so But there, there has been a lot of businesses that have shifted to help in this situation, and and I think that's great. And just to toot not my horn, but my bank's horn, we bought thousands of masks for our employees to use uh, because one of the recommendations for the state government is if you're going to be open, you need to wear your employees need to wear masks. But we also bought thousands of extra masks to send to the local medical centers as well uh, for free. So I'm very proud of my bank for that as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it was a very similar situation in France, at least uh, in honestly in uh, the north. And Sweden is kind of a specific case, but in Finland, it's like yeah, wear masks, uh, but. Mm, eh whatever, kind of, a little bit. (laughs) So everyone's wearing... People are now starting to wear masks. But um, in France, in the beginning, of course, we requisitioned all of the masks to give them to, uh, to, to medical personnel, as you mentioned, and we were told masks are not needed. And now people are angry because they're like, oh, but we should have had masks. Why did you say they aren't needed when now you say they're needed? You lied to us and... And I guess I'm, again, on the same line as you are, Tony, because I'm like, well, they were needed by the medical personnel and they can't really trust the population who was rushing to buy toilet paper, you know, to if they say, well, it's better to wear masks, but we need them for uh, uh, medical personnel. Of course, they wouldn't have had all the masks and it would have created panic and it would like. So anyway. Now we wear masks, and uh, it's probably better to do so. And also, I'll also mention this: the medical community was torn on the issues of masks because we weren't. They they thought they didn't really help, and they worried that people would ignore other safety precautions and measures if they had the masks because they felt they were being um, protected when they actually weren't as much as they uh, anticipated. So that was also a factor to take into account. And yeah, anyway, masks. Alex, uh, so we've talked for a little bit now, but uh, how do you view the past two months and how the different levels of government have uh, operated and how efficient they've been?
2: Yeah, I uh, I really couldn't agree more with Tony as far as... Um It goes with the state-by-state activation of procedures. Um, You know, in Georgia, it looks like we're kind of in a similar position to Ohio. Uh, We've got about 10,000 more confirmed cases. We've also ramped up our testing a pretty good bit in recent days. And we've got about 1,500 deaths. Um, That means that, you know, for instance, uh, I have contacted every single person I have uh, been in contact with or met or worked with in the last four years. And there is one person I know who even knows anyone who has had COVID-19. So, um, you know, there there are Atlanta needed to shut down, especially downtown Atlanta, midtown Atlanta, but um, you know, certainly rural areas in the state. And that's the majority of the state, by the way, Georgia and South Carolina, Alabama, they're, they're very large land masses, obviously. And most of the inhabitants live in, Maybe not most, but most of the area is taken up by rural inhabitations, right? Rural towns, rural cities that are are not very large and probably don't need to really shut down, um, at least not for a long period of time. So, uh, you know, it's I know that there has been so much dissonance about how donald trump is handling this and how the states don't know what to do and to some degree i think that you know it's a really crappy time to be a governor of a state right now because it's there's you sort of damned if you do damned if you don't but it you you couldn't have the president of the united states making this autocratic declaration that the whole country needs to shut down because the northeast is losing their shit
0: that, that's, uh, I don't think that's French. what people are were expecting or calling for. Uh, I don't think people well, were saying. The, that- the reason I say that is
2: because mm. uh, there's al- there's about you know uh, eighty thousand deaths in the entire United States, and almost forty thousand of those are are happened in New happened in you know New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, New England, that kind of area. So um, you know if you if you look at that and you say okay the the vast majority of the United States. Uh, air, surface area is not experiencing, you know, massive breakouts and massive um, hotspots. Then, in in what way did we handle this, you know, really poorly? Mm. Other than you know, New York having twenty one thousand, almost twenty two thousand dead.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it the fact that an area is less densely populated, of course, helps a lot, but it doesn't mean that there can't be an outbreak there as well because we still travel. There's still, you know, so precautions, some kind of precautions do need to be put in place. And and if you have testing and yeah. You see that
2: in California, right? California did did a a pretty darn exquisite job of shutting down. um, And they have larger population centers, I believe, than New York City, um, certainly a couple of them and uh, they have not experienced anywhere near i mean they are a tenth of the deaths from the virus that new york experienced
0: Mm. well yeah i mean it's kind of when you see what's happening in your front you know the the your neighbor you then you realize and then you can do it the reason why we have very few deaths in finland is because well, first of all, there's less population density, but also it took a little bit you know just a week longer to get to us, and by that time, we had seen everyone starting to shut down mid March, so we did it as well um well, so but California shut down early, they shut down very early,
2: and New York took a very long time to shut down um, did California shut though, down before new york they i I you know you 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 might get someone to fact check me on that because I'm mm-hmm. not positive. But,, um, certainly, you know, if you're looking at where this thing came from, um, if if you were looking at it at vectors from China, then I would expect that to hit California um, very early on, at least on a timetable. Uh, but regardless of that, I'm almost certain that California shut down before New York, and they they were they were very aggressive in their procedures. Mm. Um, you know, they're, they, the minute this was made uh, political, on the left it's more, you know, harder. It's, it's more like they, they want to, or almost like overcorrect on the right. It's almost like undercorrect. But, um, because, you know, the governor of California, um, I imagine, actually I haven't checked, but I imagine he is a, a liberal leaning person. Um, yes. At yeah. (laughs) at, At Gavin Newsom, he, he did go ahead and shut down the entire state, uh, pretty, pretty harshly. And, uh, you know, he has been rewarded for it And that New York is making a fool of themselves and, and California is not.
0: So what do you think of the... Um, it's difficult to, to take it as fact, but what we're seeing here, as always, is a very fractured conversation and debate between the two camps um as always and we're hearing about the most extreme views in both camps which i i i I often mention but it seems like the least reasonable is often on the right side i'm sorry guys for saying it but that's how i feel um and and it's it very well might be because you just hear about them more but they're still a tiny minority but uh.
2: yeah that's what's in the news but you know i've got people who who are um you know that all they watch is cnn all they read is the times and they are they are scared to come out of their house in georgia they are scared to come out of their house until the end of july and that's just as unreasonable as someone saying i'm not going to wear a mask because it violates my free right of you know whatever they say it's it's just as insane it's just maybe more socially okay to be that kind of insane
0: well i mean i don't know the, the thing about this pandemic you know the pandemic is real so i'm not saying people who don't want to get out of their house in georgia it depends where they live if they live in a big city they might be justified in in saying you know i don't want to catch that thing well it, but even if they do
2: live in atlanta Right. Hmm. Let's say they live in downtown Atlanta. The entire state has now—I uh, could be wrong about this—but everywhere, everywhere is allowed to be open because our governor gave a declaration that that superseded any other city's uh, ability to shut down. Uh, we were we were the first state to open up, <clears throat> and again, our death total has remained small. You know, we're at fourteen sixty now. That's a lagging indicator, so it may well be that we get another spike, but. You know, so far from the data we have available right now, it seems like it is okay to practice social distancing. Maybe you don't want to ride MARTA, the the subway system here, but you can go and you know uh, carry on about your business if you need to. So you it mean not when you say going out,
0: when you when you're saying going out, you're saying like you're not saying you know go to concert. <laughs> You're saying go out no. and practice social distancing. Maybe wear a mask for go out for your groceries and yes, and stuff exactly. like that. You like,
2: don't have to pay Instacart. You don't have to. You know, it's you don't yeah. have to uh, irradiate your food when you get it delivered. You know, probably don't go to a concert. Probably, maybe <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know about going to restaurants at the moment. Right, um, yeah. dine in at a restaurant. Maybe the patio area seems safe. But, um, you know, you can go to if you need something from CVS or you need something from Kroger or whatever it is, need something from the pharmacy, you can go get it.
0: So you mean there are people who are like, oh, I will not go out of my house like period until the I have several
2: July. clients. I have several clients who are who are not who are not removing themselves from so self-isolation until the end of
0: July. Aren't because your clients so a little bit older? Like, aren't they on risk groups? Or you're talking about other people who aren't in risk groups? I, I'm so some of
2: them are not the ones I'm talking about. I, okay. I, I, would not fault them for eh, July. Still, is probably a little, a little pushing it. I mean, I would we'll not see fault what happens. Them for being then, cautious, but, you know. though, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's making it a date that's kind of silly yeah. and insane. But I would not fault you know anyone who's undergoing chemotherapy. This is a horrible horrible time for them um anyone who's who is over the age of really you know 70 or in a compromised position this is those people are really the people who are being most hit by this and i think there's a lot of histrionics that's taking away from what they're facing
0: it's funny you know every time we have these kinds of conversations we end up and i'm including tony in this and I, I i'm starting to sound like a broken record but mostly we agree on most you know on <laughs> most of it like the situation you're, you're describing is pretty similar to what we're getting now in in france and what we're heading towards in uh finland and in france things have not been going great we have a lot of deaths um and and but even then i think the situation we're heading towards is, well, we're probably not going to really see the end of it until we have a vaccine, which is at the earliest a year and a half away. Uh And we can't stay in complete maximum lockdown nonstop for two years. So the, the quote unquote game we're going to play, that's my interpretation. They're not saying it like this, but... What we're going to do is we're going to be flexible on social distancing measures and lockdown and might return to it if we need to. But the, the compass is going to be the health services capacity. If it gets overwhelmed or if it shows signs of uh, heading towards an an overwhelmed state, then we need to tighten the screws a little bit. And when things... uh. uh are a little bit better, then maybe we can relax things a little bit, and it's going to go back and forth some, like for a while. But the idea that maybe a little bit naively we were heading towards two months ago was, we we can't get the virus. The reality is, we're probably most of us going to get it um, over the the two years, and that because we can't just lock down everything not just for the economy, because the economy is, of course, a a valid concern, but not just because of that. If only for children, they need to be schooled, (laughs) like in the sense that they need to be socialized and go to school and and learn stuff. There are some categories of, of, you know, social categories that are at risk if they don't go to school. Um, Anyway, that kind of thing. So I guess overall, the, the, the various... Views on this and tendencies are kind of converging throughout the world in that consensus, which is fairly similar if you don't read twitter i guess
2: um, yeah if if you if you ignore you know the histrionics and the political theater, this make this whole situation. Doesn't make sense because we don't know anything because this virus is so brand new. We have no data on it that's that's, you know, actually scientific and that it's peer reviewed and that it's been replicated, all that. But it you can actually, you know, sort of make sense of why the federal government of the United States, for for instance, didn't shut down the entire, you know, 50 states of the union. Mm -hmm. You can make sense of these
0: things. Let's talk a little bit about um, how things are, are going now and how you see them going. As we said, we don't know what's going to happen in a couple of months, but in the next few weeks, maybe. And uh, Tony, you were saying earlier that um, your your church is reopening with social distancing measures, uh, these kinds of things. How are things going now in, in the next few weeks?
1: Well, like you said, things are slowly reopening. Um, my church... We they shut down pretty early in the process, um, and we've been doing online church on Facebook or YouTube since then. Uh, last Wednesday, we opened back up, and we are every other row is closed off, and they're they're trying to keep a couple of seats between each family unit there. Uh, it's, it's going well. I, I wasn't sure what to expect the first time back. We have a church of, uh, under normal circumstances, uh, about 400 to 500 people, um, and I wouldn't make a guess at how many showed up. I'm terrible with estimating numbers like that, but I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if it would be a ghost town or if it would be packed just because people were ready to come back to church, but it was somewhere in the middle. Um, there were some people there, uh, quite a few wearing masks and uh, but there were a lot of people absent so and, and you know any church is going to have its share of congregation that's in the the high risk category, the older people um stuff like that, so there were a lot of older folks at the church didn't show up, but a lot did so um my wow. you know my kids. Uh, we're very excited to get back. Of course, we, we're actually they opened, but they didn't do our children's program. They're they're still not doing the children's program yet. I think they're going to start that back up in a couple of weeks. But they're they're easing back in is the point. They they didn't just open the doors and say come on in, give everyone a big hug. Uh, in fact, <laughs> they've made announcements that you know, hugging may may be avoided right now. It's thrilled me i'm not a, i'm not a hugger anyway even, you know at church i just give me my space under normal circumstances so this this suits me just fine but um a lot of lot of conversation about whether that's a good idea or a bad idea
0: but to, to reopen um, the church you mean yeah yeah not the hugging hmm. thing but
1: the, the reopening of the church <laughs> hugging um, is probably a bad idea <laughs> well anytime um, <laughs> but, better than a handshake yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a fist bumper uh, mm, me too. Under under any circumstances, me but, too. Um, but yeah, there you know I haven't heard a lot of people saying the churches reopening are a bad thing. Um, uh, and, and I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure people are saying those crazy Christians aren't social distancing. They're going to church, but I know it was when when it was in the middle of it, in the thick of it, I guess, uh the peop the churches that were still going were heavily criticized and I would have I was one of the people criticizing, you know, I, I'm a I'm not a if the government tells me to do something, I'm going to do something no matter what kind of guy. But if uh if I'm told to stay home to avoid an infectious disease, I'm probably gonna follow follow along. Mm. Uh and our church was one of the good ones that shut down when it was told to, and now that they were told that they could reopen, they reopened. So I think they're doing things the way that they should be done.
0: You know, it's when you say the church is reopening, and my first reaction is, oh, that is a bad idea. Um, but when you describe it further with social distancing, and especially the number of cases in your county being so low, it's like... All right, you know, if things turn out to be, to, to go bad at some point, then we can revisit it. But I mean, I'm guessing if there are, you know, if the situation changes, you close things down once, I'm, I'm guessing you wouldn't, you know, you might think it's a good idea if number of cases start to increase all of a sudden to, to close things down again until things quiet down um, I, I'm guessing. Oh, Tell me if I'm wrong.
1: Sure. I, I mean, if, if there's a reason, we'll do it. And, mm. and, you know, our pastor talked about it when the the service before they shut down, when he said, you know, we're not having service uh, on Sunday, um, He he said, if the government just told us you can't have church, we would be here. However, if the government says you can't have church because of this thing, of this disease, that makes sense. So... Um, my church is one of those churches, Patrick, that does the, uh, does have their ear to the ground on whether or not the government is ever going to shut us down just because we're Christians. So we're a little crazy (laughs) in that respect.
0: Um, (laughs) so, okay, let's just, just for 30 seconds, I don't want to turn, maybe this would be another whole episode onto itself, but you really think that at some point the government would want to shut you down because you're Christians? That's uh, actually something that some people in your congregation think.
1: Yes, okay. Not because yeah. we're Christians, but because of the beliefs that offend people. And I'm not saying this this year, next year, five years, but I believe that as, as society changes and passes by, uh, the Christian beliefs that um, you know, the social beliefs that we we believe that aren't well accepted uh like that, what yes, I, I do what else uh homosexuality and any kind of any kind of sin adultery um uh, abortion maybe but uh so homosexuality your things like that
0: now we're gonna stop being friends you th- you think homosexuality is a sin that should be fought and i don't know i'm i'm how, how far does it okay. go in your S-
1: congregation? Since, since you you said we're not going to be friends anymore, goodness. <laughs> um, h- here is—I'll I'll give the quick version. Okay. Uh, and this is—so the Bible states that homosexuality is a sin. The Bible right. also states that adultery and fornication are sins. Um, the church does not—my church does not go out of its way to condemn homosexuality, but it does not accept— uh, it doesn't say sin is okay. Everyone's okay, no matter what mm. you're doing. You're fine. You're going to heaven because that's not what the Bible says. Okay. Uh, if you're and I'm, I'm a guy that if you're going to say you believe the Bible, you need to believe the Bible, and not pick and choose and say, well, no, I don't like that. Um, having said that, a, a homosexual or an adulterer or a fornicator, they're welcome to come to the church, but they might hear the pastor say, "The Bible says homosexuality, what you're doing fornication." Yeah. Yes, what you're doing is not what the Bible says, and it's, yeah. you know, it, it's not the path that leads to heaven. Now, I am a little different, probably from the rest of my church, in that I'm a little bit libertarian on uh, homosexual marriage and things like that. I think the government should be out of marriage altogether.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> so if, but if, yeah, okay. All right, we're not going to dive into that, but what you said doesn't, like, overly shock me because I was like, if, if that's what the people who come to the church believe, you know, everyone believes what they want, kind of, if you don't, yeah, let, we're not going to dive into the question of homosexuality, but it seems right. to me that sometimes uh, uh, religious beliefs influence like, you, would you go out and, Tell people who are homosexuals that they're sinners and that they shouldn't be homosexuals? Or do you just No Right. No, but
1: I don't go out and tell people that are shacking up that they're sinners and shouldn't be shacking up either.
2: Well, and and <laughs> forgive me if I misunderstand, but you know, it's the, the Bible also talks about judgment, and you know, that's not for, for any like mortal man to make. So just as much as it <laughs> might right. not
0: be I'm 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 going to shut it down because we're going to dive into theo- very interesting theological conversations um, about the, you know what the, the Bible says in the midst of a global pandemic, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if if we want to figure out what the Bible says, I think we're going to be here a while. Uh, more clever people than us have, or than me, uh, have tried. But um, but I appreciate the, the clarification on uh, those beliefs that that you mentioned, Tony. So. Uh, thanks for explaining well, that.
1: The point was, if we say those things, that is where the concern about getting shut down lies. Mm. Right. Because um, that's already the case in some places. It's considered hate speech. And, and that's that's where that was. That was how that whole thing got started.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it depends how far you take the homosexuality as a sin thing. And I, I'm guessing in the U.S. it is a little bit more. Uh, so let's let's just quickly uh, uh, show what the show is about, and I'll tell you how my stance is on that, uh, what my stance is on those things. In France, uh, uh, religion is a very separate thing from public life. And so if uh, some religious groups believe that homosexuality is a sin, then it's like, okay, you know, it's not really like, it borders probably on hate speech, maybe. But if that, if you think that it's not cool, essentially, if you don't attach the word sin, all of a sudden, it it kind of loses the drama. If you say you don't like homosexuality, uh, but don't actually go out and discriminate someone against someone because they're homosexual, uh, then okay, like everyone has their own ideas, I suppose. Uh, the 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 hate speech barrier would be uh I don't know what a sin means. Because if you don't believe in God, then someone who says, Well, if you if you're a homosexual, you won't go to heaven doesn't really affect you, right? Or if you your belief is that, well, it's a little bit more nuanced, God loves everyone, and in my belief, uh homosexuals can go to heaven then, okay, you, you believe your thing, and I believe my thing, and it doesn't really, you know, if you don't go out and, and I don't know, it's a complicated topic, which I probably shouldn't have <laughs> driven us into, but do, I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense to other people, but it kind of makes sense to me, and what I'm getting at, to get back to your uh, uh, fear of being shut down by the government, Tony, um in, in France, I don't think that would be a concern because things are already very separate. And I don't see how it would be like, unless you go out and proactively discriminate, which I'm guessing you, you don't do. <laughs> don't you?
1: No, no. And, and like I, if someone, if someone came said, to
0: your bank. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, what you were saying, I, I don't know. And, and they're out there. Don't. I I know they're out there, but most Christians I know, even if they're if they believe that something is a sin, we'll just say something is a sin. We don't have to be specific. If they right. believe a sin is a sin, and that person walks into their business, they're not going to discriminate against that person. Um, and and that is probably a misconception that most people have. Most people look at a Christian and think. They think this thing is a sin, therefore they're discriminating against that person, and therefore they're bad. And the truth of the matter is, the high, vast majority of the time, that person is not discriminating against a person. It doesn't come up in everyday life, it, whatever sin it is. However, if the preacher is doing a sermon and he talks about a sin— it, it may offend somebody that practices that sin, no matter what the sin is. And that's the concern.
0: I think the way I look at it, and I think the way I understand it to de dramatize the thing is smoking is bad. And if you smoke, then it's probably bad for you. Um, but I'm not going to club you over the head for it. And of, obviously, I'm, you know, doing that comparison, which is, absolutely not the same and the the fact that uh uh, sexual orientation is not a choice as i believe uh is important in that conversation but if the attitude is comparable to well you shouldn't smoke um all right i don't know i i (laughs) Slivery slope, and I'm sure I'm going to get We're some very angry reactions to this whole conversation. Strayed
2: from the topic a bit, I think. Yeah, a
0: little bit, a little bit. Uh, but just it's, a bit. It, it's the, the the idea. The the reason I wanted to dive into it is that the idea that the government would want to shut down your church seems crazy to me, uh, Tony. And I'm sure a few people, at least at the very least in outside of the u.s hear this and are like wait what why and and so i wanted this explained a little bit so that's why i dove into it well uh,
1: let me ask this patrick does the idea that uh, and we'll, we'll have to use um homosexuality in this instance because it, it makes the most sense does the idea that if someone made a uh, a public proclamation that homosexuality was a sin, does the idea of them being fined in Canada or uh, the UK make sense?
0: Um, the thing is, the US is so religious that making that kind of pro- proclamation might be equivalent to uh, uh, doing some kind of harm. If if they do it in France, everyone will be offended, and maybe it would be, you know, considered hate speech, but saying it's a sin relates to religion. And if some people, you know, a lot of people in France aren't religious, so it doesn't really affect us. It's like, oh, it's a sin, okay, uh, it's like saying, homosexuality is blue, you're like, oh, okay, fine, Um And even the people who are religious, I think, would just say, well, you're, you know, I'm not, I don't subscribe to that belief. Uh, Obviously, it wouldn't go over well. You know, I'm not saying, oh, it would be great, it would be fine, no one would care. But saying it's a sin doesn't change your worldview in the way that it would in the U.S. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, but the... the The point that I was making is as we become – as the country becomes more liberal on those topics, the the hate speech idea comes up, and and that's – that's where the concern lies. And I just yeah. want to say that this is Patrick's fault that we derailed, not
2: mine. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Tony did try to avoid it. I'll vouch for you there. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, I think that Americans are like, are very just uh, before, before we put it to sleep. I think that Americans are very like, um, worried about government overreach in general. You know, we've got it in our history. We've got a lot of that yeah. going on.
0: Well, to, to be honest, I will, uh, uh, Agree, Tony, that I can see how this would be considered hate speech and, you know, fined per instance. I don't, I I think it would need to be a very, it's a far cry from closing down the church, right? That's that's where I would stand on this. Uh, uh, You know, fines, multiple fines maybe... Uh, but closing down a church, it would need to be a really, you know, uh, uh, significant departure from, I don't know. All right.
1: And that's why I said we're not there yet, but maybe in the
0: future. Oh. Okay.
1: That, okay.
0: Yeah. With maybes, you can do a lot of things. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, the church reopened with those uh, social distancing measures. The kids are going back to school, correct? no the
1: no 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 kids are out of school for the summer and it's looking like at least at the moment it's looking like next year it's going to be what they're calling a blended experience where they go a couple days a week they stay home and do at home learning a couple days a week and then the last day is like a planning day for teachers which is a really bad situation for people in my area because our internet is not very good. And those kids, some of those kids, at least, that are trying to learn from home, they're at a very real disadvantage because of of poor internet. And uh, that is a Uh, concern.
0: If only you had a, a, a governmental infrastructure program that would have brought the internet to everyone as it did for electricity and transportation, that would have been so cool.
1: And that's the only governmental infrastructure program that I want. No, I'm, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> no, I think I think I mean, you know. I think there I, is. I don't think anyone's going to disagree from this crowd on that on that point. <laughs> we are a techie crowd. Yeah, that
0: that is. Yeah, true. But you're it's, not gonna, yeah. It, it's 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 interesting because this situation does show why these kinds of infrastructures are important. Like, imagine some houses didn't have enough electricity to run more than a couple of light bulbs. You know. It, it's the same kind of situation, but um, I, I doubt the U.S. is going to have any kind of governmental program to develop Internet infrastructure, even with all of this. But, um,
2: yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, this has definitely changed the political landscape. I don't know about that mm-hmm. particular topic, but it's definitely changed what Americans are uh, talking about as far as what the government ought to do, needs to do, shouldn't do, etc. Really? In, right in and what left? way? Well, uh, I know that for I, I, you know, from people who I talk to on the Democratic side, Medicare for all is a big portion of their, you know, what of that conversation now, uh, whereas it wasn't not. No, uh, well, it was on the it was it was more of a radical viewpoint Mm. um, for that conversation. And now it is seen as something that that maybe even uh, a moderate Democrat would would uh, vie for. Um, I think on on the right, it's it's a little hard to sift through the noise. Um, but I would I would say that it, it there is almost no way that this does not affect um, the the landscape of the 2020 election mm. and what is talked about, what what points are talked about.
0: Interesting. How did things change on the conservative sides from what you're hearing, Tony? Have you noticed anything?
1: I, I haven't noticed a lot of, of shift in most of the political opinions. I do agree with Alex, though, that the, the 2020 election is going to be heavily impacted by this. Uh, Trump's in a, a real bad spot right now because his his big strength was the economy, which is tanking, obviously. You, I I can't blame him, although a lot of the talking heads are blaming him for the economy. Uh, but if he opens it up, they're going to blame him for any kind of outbreak uh, that comes back. So he's he's in trouble. I think he yeah. he's he's in a bad spot.
2: And and it doesn't help that he's you know among, among a great many things that he is he is he is not a good communicator. Um, so it it you know it has been uh, difficult. Um, when he, you know, uh, when there are miscommunications such as, uh, healthcare, you know, insurance companies are going to cover all testing or cover all expenses for coronavirus. And then insurance companies come out the next day and say, no, we're not. Um, those, those kind of things really did hurt the position.
0: Is there any, okay, I'll, I'll ask a more general question. Um, do you guys think that. Someone else, uh, maybe Hillary Clinton, if we play revisionist history, uh, <laughs> would have handled this better than Trump or not? No. No, I don't think so. I,
2: I think, I think she might have been able to, uh, you know, I think the communication side might have been better, better executed.
0: Yeah. That's, Um, that's not a
2: hard ask, you know, especially, especially in the Clinton house, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that was sort of their big, their big claim to fame was communication. Um, correct, you know, (laughs) correct or incorrect, uh, the, the facts of that. Um, but yeah, I would say that it would probably have been, you know, more unified in how they covered it. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's being handled better. That just means that how it's being mishandled isn't being talked about as much. Mm. Don't eat so. So.
1: I agree. I don't I don't think they would have handled the The big issues from the federal level that have been pointed out were testing and equipment. And I don't think that would have been handled any differently. Uh, at, at least the equipment there's, there's been a, um, uh, a lack of equipment for quite a while. Mm. And I don't think that would have changed under anybody else until it was needed to. And which is what happened. Mm.
2: Yeah The, the only thing I, I will say, I will posit as a possibility is that, um, you know, one of the big things that's got, that has hurt, uh, our response to this was the defunding of the CDC. Um, and, and specifically, there was, a, there was a pandemic response program that we had that actually one of my clients uh, helped make. And um, it, it was apparently, I don't know the full story, but it was cut pretty severely, I believe, uh, the budget for that program. And they had to take out a lot of people, including eyes in China. Um, and that very possibly could have helped us get the jump on it. Um, Get the jump on this pandemic before it actually went, you know, came to came to America or at least before we we started testing in America. And uh, that that could have changed uh, a lot. Maybe could have changed
0: some. Tony, would you do you agree with this or, or not?
1: I I hate to say anything. I don't have any experience with that. Alex has a actual person that he's spoken to. I don't know about the the cutting of the cdc or i was thinking how how would that have helped and then he said the eyes in china i could definitely see where that could have been helpful so yeah i i can agree if that's the case but i don't have any experience with that
2: you know my, and and it's important to know my experience is is totally you know anecdotal i know someone who was on it that's all
0: well i mean we <laughs> don't uh, none of us is part of the White <laughs> none House of staff us so health yeah way, right Um, But I will say my first reaction is, well, yes, of course. See, that's (laughs) why it would have been different. This is how it would have changed. Um, But then I look at other countries that do have uh, appropriate response teams and experts to advise them and all of that. And I don't think we really did a lot better. Um, I mean, Germany, probably, but... The UK, well, the UK is Boris Johnson. So that's another (laughs) issue. Uh, France didn't do super well. Italy didn't do super well. Um, Like most countries, the, the big thing, I guess, is when did you start responding and implementing social distancing? And did you implement tests early enough? Which at the point we started doing social distancing, the cat was out of the bag. So tests weren't as efficient at that point is my understanding. So the bottom line is we did have all of the experts and it, it didn't help us respond more quickly. So as much as I hate to admit it, and believe me, I hate to admit it, um, I don't know. Like maybe if you had had the, the CDC thing, the, the, the assumption is you would have had that team of experts They would have made a recommendation and the political decision makers would have followed that advice. And it seems like an obvious enough uh, uh, way of doing things, but that's not how it happened in any of our Western countries because we weren't used to, like, literally a week before we implemented the lockdown in France or 10 days before, the president was going out to the theater and telling people, oh, we should not stop living and we should go out to the theater and stuff like that. And it's not that he's especially more dumb than everyone else. Like Trump is in a special category on his own. But like every leader in the Western world did it. I think my only explanation is because we had never dealt with this and we didn't realize and we didn't understand even though we read it in all the books and all our experts told us that that and it turns out they were right it's just that you have a million experts telling you doom all the time i don't know it's like you the the bottom line is it.
2: can can we do a fun thought experiment can we imagine a world where hillary clinton wins this all happens and she uh you know is doing the exact same thing donald trump is which is that she's you know running a big re-election campaign the economy is going just as well because the president actually has very little to do with that stuff And let's imagine this possible world where she doesn't shut down everything because that's, you know, probably the most reasonable way to go. And if you do, you're kind of taking an autocratic step. And then the Republican platform is Hillary Clinton is responsible for all these deaths because we didn't act fast enough. We didn't have the, 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 the things in place. And the Democratic platform is... No, we should have. No, we, you know, we acted properly and all this kind of stuff.
0: This again, I hate to say it, I can absolutely see how this is exactly what would have happened. So, I think, I think that's a really interesting (laughs) thing to think about. I don't know if it. I don't know how how valid. I think you're right that it not because it would have been an autocratic thing, but I. The more I think about it, the more I understand that a federal order to shut down the entire country, again, I still think there would have been some coordination help, any, you know, stuff needed and not let the states vie for themselves and decide for themselves. But, you know, recommendations, stuff, something. But I still think it wouldn't have been necessary to shut down the entire country. And I I don't know that anyone thinks it would have been, but I'm guessing Clinton, if she had been elected, would have not shut down the entire country because it was reasonable, not because it was like this... Fantasy, oh, it's the government overreaching and it's an autocratic move. It's you know she would have done what was needed, and I can totally see the you know conservatives, the the Republicans saying that it should have been handled differently and that government doesn't work and all the usual arguments. And sure, that yeah. the the argument probably would have taken on a different flavor
2: of yeah. like this is the government is too slow to react in this case, yeah. and that's why we need you know et cetera, et cetera.
0: Tony, do you want the last word on that thought experiment? Because we have to get out of here at some point. I agree. <laughs> Boom! Well, once again, we're all in agreement. Alex uh, takes the agreement cup that you can bring <laughs> home and uh, be proud of. Are you going to ship it to me? Or am I paying shipping? You'll, you'll get it when things reopen. Uh, so in okay. about a couple of years. Because okay. I need to have it made. <laughs> right. Uh all right well thank you very much for that conversation i think it was a little bit um it went all over the place but it's the kind of thing that happens when you sit down at a uh uh you know virtual table and talk about stuff with people you know that's it's a very different conversation from what happens on tv or in like in on social media and yeah, it's a, it's a pretty healthy conversation to have. And as I always say, even if we still disagree on many things, and God knows we do, <laughs> um, or on some things, maybe not on many things, uh, it's, it's interesting to see that we can have these kinds of conversations and not hurl insults at one another. So that's a low bar that we cleared. Thank you very much to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where can people find your stuff if they want to hear more from you, Tony, uh, your Twitter account, maybe? Sure. My
1: Twitter account is at Tony Staley, T O N Y S T A L E Y. And that's the best place. I'm somewhat active sometimes. (laughs) I'm always there, but I only post, I, I post randomly, uh, and sporadically.
0: If, if you, uh, want sports talk then probably the tony's account is one you will enjoy there's a lot not right now not right now that's true (laughs) not a lot of
2: sports going on huh there
0: are there are like virtual tournaments and video games and stuff um but i'm guessing that's not as exciting
1: i had to watch a cornhole tournament last saturday patrick do you even know what that is i have
0: no idea uh is it like hauling corn no, it's uh, it, it's it's <laughs> it's like a
1: beanbag toss. It's is uh, are you uh, horseshoes? Do you have you seen horseshoes at all? You mean like the actual object, uh, a horseshoe? No, okay, no. he he doesn't know anything, Alex.
2: <laughs> oh, no. oh no, you need to come on down south a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, I, we'll we'll teach you.
0: We'll teach Listen, you. We'll learn you <laughs> once once uh, this whole affair is done. I will uh, make my way down there and learn all about the horseshoes and horn Cornhole. Horn <laughs> hole. It's, it's, it's even worse than you think
1: it
2: is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll uh, Google it later. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, what about yourself?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, we, my company now has a, uh, a Facebook page. So you can find me at uh, uh, Alex Mitchell SSC on Facebook. Um, you can also find the company I work for medical empowerment center at, um, M E or stronger with M E C on Facebook. Uh, you can find us at M E C for life. Um, that's our website, www.mecforlife. for life. And, uh, let's see, uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, at a Mitchell coach,
0: a Mitchell coach on Instagram. Perfect. Uh, thank you very much to both of you. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It has stopped snowing. It was snowing today for like two hours. I was not happy. More than two hours. I guess like not. actual. Oh my god, I was very unhappy with Finland. And I let it know that I wasn't happy with it. Uh, But now it's sunny and wonderful. So you can see that on Instagram. And if you enjoy the show, uh, you can go to Patreon at patreon.com slash club and support the show. Uh, Please do so if you like what we do. If you get something out of what we do, even if you don't like it, that is uh, possible Mm -hmm. as well. And uh, yeah, so the show, the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much to all of those who do. And we will talk to you again in a few weeks. Bye.